Now please welcome our guest moderator, news editor of Empire Magazine and part of the presenting team on BBC's Film 2012, Chris Hewitt. Hello everyone, thanks for coming. Uh, John Hillcote is the director of serious, intelligent, brilliant adult fare like The Proposition and The Road. And now he's back with a cracking gangster thriller, Lawless. Before we meet him, let's take a look at the trailer. I'd like to come for a me sometime. I know who you are. Oh, yeah? Who's that? One of them Bond Ramp boys. Hmm. My daddy says you boys are the worst thing ever to hit Franklin. You tell your daddy I said hi. We got a chance to make a good stack of money here. Pure corn whiskey. So white lightning. Come on, Forrest. Let's see you dance. I ain't dancing for you two. Hey, come on. It's impressive. I respect you, Bond Grant. You want any more of this stuff? As much as you can bring me. That's $2,000. Minus my commission. Look at you, swanning around like you're Al Capone. This here's a new special deputy. You've been brought in from the city. He wants to work it out so everybody can do some business. That's asshole. I'm the one who's going to make your life real difficult from now on if you don't toe the line, country boy. I'm a bonder on. We don't lay down for nobody. Those men that attacked you, they work for dangerous people. There's a feeling around these parts that these Bondurants is indestructible. You have any idea what a Thompson submachine gun does to a mortal? We are survivors. We control the fear. This is a war they're waging. You ain't gonna survive. It is not the violence that sets men apart. It is the distance that he is prepared to go. Fantastic stuff. Now, please welcome John Hillcote. How's it going, sir? Good to see you again. Yes. With your Apple mug. Yeah. <laughs> Apple coffee. <laughs> All right, so, John, we've just seen the trailer, but for people who don't know what Lawless is, can you just take them through what the film is and what it's, what it's about? Um, well, it's a film uh, set in Prohibition times. It's about the uh, worker bees um, behind the scenes of uh, the people um, like behind the scenes of uh, Capone and all the big city gangsters and these are the guys in the backwoods that were supplying all the alcohol at that time mm. um, and it's about a family a dysfunctional family um, of brothers trying to deal with the situation absolutely and brothers hell of a cast I have to say yeah. first of all you got Tom Hardy Shia LaBeouf Jason Clark's the third brother Howard yeah. Then I know you know your cast, but I'm just going to list them anyway because yeah. it's very <laughs> impressive. <laughs> Gary Oldman, Mia Wasikowska, Jessica Chastain. Stop it when I get to her. <laughs> Who wants the guy Pierce is in there? Where did you get all these ben guys from? Dine. Oh, you worked with Guy before, obviously. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, how did you get a cast this good? Um, well, the cast um, came together initially. It was uh, Shia LaBeouf. Um, it uh, then developed, uh, Shia actually saw Bronson the, and, and uh, was uh, 
very keen on Tom Hardy, who I independently met uh, when he was promoting uh, Inception. And yeah. then, uh, so Tom came on board, then we, it's like a jigsaw puzzle of getting the right balance. Um, then we had to find the female uh, leads opposite them, mm -hmm. uh, Jessica. And then uh, the third brother was very difficult um, to find the right piece there. So it's, yeah, it's like a jigsaw puzzle that mm. you put together. And the third brother, we'll talk about uh, Tom and Shia's characters in a second, yep. but the third brother's played by Jason Clark, whom yep. I guess most people won't know. He's an Australian actor, but... Yeah, strangely enough, he, uh, and I didn't know this until later, he, he was uh, born and raised in Winton, which is the actual little town outback, uh, re very remote outback town that we filmed the proposition in. Really? Yeah, so um, <laughs> that was a strange coincidence. <laughs> it was meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. he plays Howard, so the, the, yes. the, three, the three brothers. Can you talk about the three brothers and, and their, their distinctive characteristics? Yeah, well, there's uh, Shia plays the youngest brother and, uh, you know, who's full of ambition and enthusiasm and it kind of uh, typifies the American dream, you know, of, of uh, trying reaching for more and... Um, uh, beyond the woods, he saw he, he's like uh, sees the business opportunity of this situation, but he also looks up to his older brothers, wanting to be like them. Um, the it's based on a true story, and uh, the older brothers um, were much more attuned to the violent uh, times, um, and uh, that's uh, that's where Tom Hardy comes in. Mm -hmm. um, who actually, even though he's the middle brother, is uh, ends up being like uh, the matriarch of the family, yes. the mother hen that holds it all together, um, and um, he's uh, he's very distilled and and um, uh, very protective of his uh, brother and and his business, and then the um, oldest brother is Howard, who um, survives the First World War, so he's is well accustomed to uh, extremes and mm. um, has a drinking problem. Yes. Um, and he's much more um, uh, extroverted and, and uh, explosive. He's, he's kind of uh, the secret weapon <laughs> yeah, of he the did. brothers. He is indeed. But uh, Tom's character, uh, Forrest, is very much a brooding, Charles Bronson-esque, I guess, Lee Marvin-type character. I mean, he's very much the violence is contained within until it's ready to erupt outwards. Yes. Can you talk more about this? We're about to meet him in a clip, but... Yeah, his, his, uh, uh, we actually chose the, uh, the songs uh, to, to complement the narrative and be part of the narrative. And, and Tom's song was the... Tom and Maggie's song was the snake song, a Towns Van Sand song that's... Uh, that, and, and he is like a snake, the coiled mm. snake that lashes out and is very lethal when he does so. However, um, what Tom did, which was brilliant, was uh, really focus in on the matriarch and the feminine, mm. the old woman. Um, yes. He wanted a scene where his darning socks, um, but I couldn't quite go <laughs> there, but uh, he does have the old cardigan and... Um, you know the uh, the vulnerable side as well, okay. As the lethal. And you said uh, I, I saw somewhere that you uh, said that Tom had based his character on, unbelievably, 
the old lady from the Tweety Pie cartoons, the, the Warner Brothers Sylvester the Cat cartoons. Correct. So what did you think when Tom came to you and said, I've got this idea for inspiration for the character. It's this person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I was pretty... Um, uh, it, it filled me with great anxiety. <laughs> um, I was uh, I was pretty uh, nervous about the whole thing, and um, and and yet it was uh, as I say it was very audacious, and it really paid off. Um, he, you know, it was the exact kind of balance that we needed with that character. Fantastic! I think it's time to meet Tom's character now. Uh, we've got a clip in which we meet Forrest, very much a, a coiled spring, a coiled snake in this one. And this is a clip in which he meets Guy Pierce's character, who is a corrupt FBI agent, I, I guess you'd say. Just a little corrupt. Just, just a, little, a tiny little bit corrupt. So let's, uh, let's take a look at the clip. Thank you. There's a new special deputy. He's been brought in from the city to help us out, you know, make sure things go smooth. What things might they be? <laughs> Sorry, something to amuse you. My name is Charlie Riggs. I'm from Chicago. Pete, who the hell is this son of a bitch? Me? I'm the one who's going to make your life real difficult from now on if you don't toe the line, country boy. Won't you ever touch me again? <laughs> like that. The unstoppable yeah. force meets the irresistible object, I guess. Uh, Guy didn't have any eyebrows. No, he. Uh, that was another alarming um, <laughs> thing. Uh, we, our cast kept um, coming to us with alarming um, ideas. Uh, ideas. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, and thankfully, everyone paid off. And uh, uh, he was, yeah, he was very much um, keen to kind of to really break out of the more nuanced uh, performances that he's done over the years. He, we talked about Jimmy Cagney and those larger-than-life uh, Chicago mobsters at that time. Um, and there was a lot of corruption at that time. Mm. It was the biggest crime wave in history at that point. Because, um, again, this is a real character. This is a guy yes. who actually existed. In uh, and, yeah. um, and, and, but we brought... Uh, certain uh, traits that to heighten that character, um, those that uh, know Nick Cave um, and his love of suits, um, <laughs> we uh, and uh, jet black hair. Although that's uh, that's a little secret that um, I shouldn't be sharing. But um, too late. The dye uh, products. Um, the haircut was actually based on uh, uh, photos from the time. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, he sent us a picture, um, and Nick uh, received this picture of Guy's look, and uh, his two boys um, couldn't eat for a day. Um, so we thought, we're on to something here. <laughs> uh, it's not bad at all. So as a director, what do you think? Uh, has there ever been a time when a, an actor has come to you with an idea that seems too outlandish? Yes, and I mean, it, I it? do, yeah, I yeah. mean, it, it is, it's all about balance, and yeah. uh, uh, I do, uh, you know, uh, uh, with this cast, it, it was actually a wonderful experience where I, I feel like I've gained another family. Um, uh, the collaboration really was uh, 
um, uh, uh, it was very intense situation. Um, we had very limited time to make the film. Um, it was very ambitious film to make, and uh, but they really rallied and mm. you know, um, and their ideas. So they were very enthusiastic, and uh, there were things you know. Look, Tom didn't get to darn the socks. Um, <laughs> uh, there's it's a give and take situation the whole time, but yeah. uh, the there was a level of trust and uh, a great. It became a great collaboration between all of us. And was there a worry on your part about balancing that sort of larger life aspect that, say, Guy and Gary Oldman, who's in about three scenes, but he's, mm. he's fantastic in those scenes, and they're very larger than life characters, and then everyone else is playing on a very realistic level? Were you worried about how they, they blend together, those, those styles? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it was like I, I had that conversation with uh, John Hurt in The Proposition, and, and uh, we talked about Cagney and... Uh, it, it's not about the size, it's whether there's a truth to what they're, you know, if they're convincing in their bigness, mm. because there are larger-than-life characters. They, they do exist, and, and especially in extreme worlds like what we're talking mm. about, um, and where, you know, suddenly there was just this uh, wash of... Um, uh, money and corruption and uh, legal activity um, on such a scale, and there was extreme poverty um, and a divide between the rich and the poor. Yeah. So all of that was a cocktail that uh, created pretty explosive characters. Um, and uh, but it, it, it's all about whether I think it's just whether they're truthful or not. Um, and uh, Gary Oldman deliberately, uh, we were referencing those gangsters that we all love. And actually, Jack is uh, not only idolizes his older brothers, but he also idolizes uh, the kind of symbol uh, of the iconic gangster. Mm -hmm. So we needed someone to fill those shoes, and Gary was the perfect person. And I actually think he's remarkably understated in that role. Well, it's an amazing, his, his introduction is amazing. And very, yeah. you know, very yeah. OTT. Well, that wasn't understated. Uh, but <laughs> true, but uh, it's in the trailer as well. There's a scene where uh, Gary yeah. basically walks in, shoots a bunch of people in a car, and walks out again while yeah. winking on with a Shia LaBeouf. Uh, yeah. Can you yeah. talk about that, that, that scene? Well, because again, it was... Great it, intro. Uh, again, it, it's actually uh, based on a, a, a story of this guy who rolled up into uh, these... You know, this was during the Great Depression, and... Um, and he just rolled up and, uh, uh, you know, the Tommy gun was around at that time and they weren't afraid to use it. Um, so it was, uh, but we also deliberately had this scenario as, as uh, a symbolic kind of representation of that kind of iconic uh, gangster that we all love. So Shia, in a way, is like uh, yeah. the audience, you know, um, or at least that was the intention that... Um, uh, these guys just, um, you know, they're, they're uh, pretty impressive and they do all this stuff that uh, we kind of like to uh, only see from the safety of our seats. Um, yes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but, but there's also another side to these guys which comes out in the film. Absolutely. Um, for a film about three brothers, and they have a very strong nemesis in Guy Pearce, 
Yeah. It would be an obvious temptation to turn the film into, for want of a better word, a sausage fest. Uh, but you've, you've, you haven't done that. You've made sure that the female characters are very strong in their own right. And there's, there's two main female characters. Okay, can you talk about, uh, talk about yeah, that? Yeah, well, what we loved about, uh, again, it came from the book, but what we loved about these relationships is that the, that, uh, the character of Maggie is actually stronger than uh, any of the brothers. And um, she kind of debunks the whole uh, legend and of these Jessica guys. Chastain, yeah. uh, and that's Jessica Chastain. And they're two sort of damaged people. Um, Tom plays someone that can't articulate his feelings and is has all this pent-up uh, emotion. And uh, she, um, it, it, they're two in damaged individuals that come together in a very unusual and affecting way. And uh, that was uh, enormously um, exciting for Nick and I, uh, that relationship. And, and then uh, Mia Wasikowska uh, was... Um, the antithesis of that, of young, innocent love, um, first love, very um, uh, gentle and sweet. And, and, mm. uh, and we just love that contrast between the kind of uh, brutality of the, the uh, times and the situation to have those uh, rich relationships. Um, uh, it's, it's hard to find, you know, for uh, those sort of genres, gangster mm. films, westerns, yeah. it's hard to find strong female parts. Um, and, um, and it's always tough. I, I wish I could do more, but to have Jessica on set with all these alpha males was just fantastic. Um, and I'll always um, try and get a strong woman in there. How did that change the dynamic? Oh, it completely changed the d dynamic. Um, and, and it, it reflected, actually, Offset became a reflection of Onset. Um, you know, uh, there's a, 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 a respect and a strength in Jessica that um, everyone kind of, uh, she, she was the strongest there. Um, and, uh, and it kind of, uh, yeah, and, and Shia and Tom had this interesting relationship where Shia, you know, initially, uh, it was uh, almost a coming of age of um, <laughs> dealing with with this immense force of Tom Hardy, um, <laughs> and um, and it was very sweet. Shia would show up on the days when we weren't shooting to watch Guy Pearce do his work. Um, uh, Guy and Gary Oldman have always wanted for for at least a decade wanted to work together and never. And finally got to do it, but never <laughs> got to uh, never play a scene. scene. Yeah. Uh, maybe so another film. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Um, I, I was just going to queue up the scene, actually, in which uh, Forrest meets Maggie for the first time. So this is uh, Tom Hardy meeting Jessica Chastain. Are you Forrest Bondren? I'm Maggie Beaufort. They say in town you're looking for someone to help out around the place. Is that position still vacant? Forgive me for asking, but um, what's a lady like you want here? City can grind a girl down. Gets to a point where you start looking for somewhere quiet. <laughs> 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 
Damn. Well, Mr. Bondred? Do I get the job? No. Um. <laughs> um, was that pretty much representative then of Jessica's effect on set? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and and there's, I mean, these brothers until she arrives, they 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 kind of have a good thing going, and they feel like they're invincible, and they mm. believe their own myths, and uh, and the film that was one of our favorite kind of uh, ideas in the in this film really is that because um, we saw it like a very American story that mm. about uh, you know America as a nation that feels that it's invincible and um, no nation is and uh, these individuals felt that they were you know yeah. invincible and immortal um, and as we all know no one is so um, <laughs> so it, it was great uh, and Jessica's the key to um, without giving too much away no, absolutely uh, and again without giving too much away um, you play with the idea that Tom Hardy's character in particular is is immortal or unstoppable. He seems to, at times to almost have Terminator-like qualities. People will keep trying to kill him and yeah. don't quite get there. Uh, can you talk about, uh, talk well, about that? Well, yeah, it's an extraordinary... It? I mean, these were very hard-bitten, uh, tough people um, from tough times. And uh, we actually... I mean, even in the novel, there's incidences that happen to this character that... Uh, y you know that there was uh, a whole bunch of timber that unloaded. They tried to kill him <laughs> by uh, un uh, you know a huge load of timber going down on top of him, and he was in hospital for three months with loads of broken <laughs> bones. And his he, what he survived was incredible, but yeah. um, which made the uh, end without being <laughs> spoiling it extra special. But um, yeah. The, uh, yeah, I mean, these, uh, but he's uh, damaged by it. He can't, yeah. you know, he can't um, access and deal with his emotions. I mean, we did want to show the consequences of the violence as well. Um, and yet uh, there is, you know, a warmth to these characters. Yeah. I, I wanted to, um, what attracted to me to the story was that there were uh, the tonal range of the film was actually very different from the proposition in the sense that there was uh, more humor and and the romances uh, you know particularly Jack and Bertha mm. was so sort of innocent and sweet and um, so we were yeah uh, deliberately um, when it comes to the violence um, trying to get that balance and yeah. Yeah. So, so let's go back uh, to the very beginning of this project yeah. for you, because this was on the horizon as you were finishing up the road. Yes. But in a very different guise. Can you, it's been a it's been a bit of a struggle to bring this to the big screen. Can you talk about the, the changes that it underwent? Yeah, I mean, ironically, it was sort of during the big uh, global economic meltdown that we were trying to uh, launch this, and it was a Sony picture, big studio film, and. Uh, they just said, well, we can't make these films anymore. And um, we actually had a different cast at that time. We had um, a whole different budget, <laughs> um, much bigger budget. 
And uh, the whole thing, um, we took it around to try and refinance, and no one, uh, no one would uh, touch it. They didn't um, believe that um, there can be any interest in the past or rural countryside. They, there were offers to have it made if I set it in the city. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is again is a, a sort of. Yeah, uh, that one of the big attractions was the fact that it was in the country instead of the city. Um, so, so it was a struggle. It was um, very, you know, uh, a lot of things that are going on now um, ha have become even more relevant yeah. than since 2008 uh, in terms of what's going on. It seems crazy being on the outside when you when you hear people, you know, you say things like, "Oh, can can we set it in the city?" It's one step away from, can you set it in space? Can they be talking about lasers instead of moonshine? As a, as a director, is it, is it baffling when you hear notes like that back from the studio and go, well, well, this is a story. This is what makes it unique. Yeah. Why are you changing it? Yeah, it's a continual frustration. And, uh, you know, occasionally you'll break through some walls. Um, but, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's tricky. It's... it's uh, you know, I think actually in these times, are, it's the hardest ever for films. Um, you know, uh, it's a whole... I mean, there is the digital revolution that's going on as well um, that complicates things. Um, yeah, so... So when the movie comes out, as it did at the US box office last week, and does very well, is there an element of I told you so, or <laughs> are you are you well, about that sort of no, thing? Well, no, I'm pleased, <laughs> and, and I have actually... Uh, I, I've met... Uh, some of the companies that said no have, have said, uh, you know, actually, we made a big mistake there. <laughs> um, and that, that's gratifying. Um, but uh, I'm just relieved that I, I got to make it, and uh, hopefully I'll get to make another film. And it, it was, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about it in a second. Um, and it was very different as well. It, was called, it wasn't called Lawless initially. It was called yeah. The Wettest County in the World. Yeah, and we also had the to promised land. We changed the title. Uh, we found out that the whole idea of um, Wettest County, people didn't understand, particularly in Europe um, and other parts of the world where the idea of wet and dry um, doesn't make sense in terms of um, you know stopping alcohol and um, the the. So we had to, and they the distributors were going to actually rename it so yeah. we thought instead of a hundred different titles we'd go after the one title um, and uh, go for something more generic that could could hold in all the you know um, and also represent the story on the, those levels I mean it was a lawless time and yet they were enforcing this new yeah. law you know the epic failure of pro prohibition is also, I think, reflected in the epic failure of the uh, war on drugs. Mm. And it's a continual cycle that, um, and this battle between the rich and the poor. And um, so there's, so the title we had to, we had to kind of try and uh, find the right word to, you know, sum it all up. Uh, looks good in the, on, the, uh, on the poster. Looks fantastic. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, Let's have a third clip, our final clip now, in which we meet Shia LaBeouf. We saw him briefly in the second clip, but this scene is uh, between uh, Jack and Forrest. Jack has been mercilessly beaten at this point by Guy Pearce's character, yes. and uh, Forrest is giving him a talking to. Here it is. 
long as you are my brother, you will never let this happen again. Do you I understand? I don't think you do. What if I can't? I'm not built like you, Nard. I ain't never been like you. It's all right. Jack, it is not the violence that sets man apart. All right, it is the distance that he is prepared to go. Jack, look at me. We are survivors. We control the fear. Fantastic stuff. Um, okay, so I think it's time to get some questions from the audience now. If you have any questions for John, put your hands in the air. Uh, yes, please, ma'am. Oh, hi. Uh, I had two quick questions. My first question I wanted to know is uh, where you shot the movie. And the second question I wanted to know how you became familiar with the source material and sort of when in development process you came into the film. Uh, sure. We shot in Georgia. Um, I mean, I would have loved to have shot in Virginia where it's set. But in America, unfortunately, uh, the way it works is... Um, the rebate states uh, dictate where your film's made. And, um, but we did a lot better shooting in Georgia than Michigan, which is, was on offer because that was the first, uh, <laughs> but it would have been w Michigan in the winter, it would have been the road part two. Um, <laughs> so um, Georgia, Georgia was great. It was actually in around the area that uh, John Borman made Deliverance. Uh, a great film, and um, yeah, it, it had it, it part of the shared that history of, of uh, moonshine and prohibition, etc. Um, so, um, and then that came, yeah, it came as a book um, to me um, uh, by Matt Bondurant. He basically Matt Bondurant was sitting in his house, and he noticed uh, a pair of. Um, uh, brass knuckles hanging on the wall, um, and he asked his father, you know, what those were, and he said, oh, those are your great uncles, um, and he thought, what, you know, <laughs> huh? Uh, so he, he looked in, uh, so he wanted to find out about his family and did a lot of research, and um, yeah, and that's how it became a book, and then I, I got a hold of the book and took it to Nick Cave, and um, and that's how it came about. So uh, you wanted Nick Cave as a screenwriter. You worked with him before. You you guys go way back. Yes, and and what's great about Nick is we talk about the music while he's writing the script. So um, and in this case, we we got the kind of iconic um, singers of of Nashville: uh, Emmy Lou Harris, Ralph Stanley, and um, Willie Nelson. And there was this whole uh, music approach that Nick and Warren Ellis, um, Nick's uh, collaborator, um, in the music, uh, and it was sort of like punk meets country. Um, <laughs> it was quite a clash, though, um, as you can imagine. Um, but it resulted in a really great uh, soundtrack, oh, I think. It is fantastic. We've got time, for, I think, for two last questions. Uh, Yes, please. Um, yeah, Shia recently uh, spoke about his uh, resentment for the studio system. Uh, now, I guess it's sort of being his first film, which really come out and started doing uh, indie films. Do you share his sort of? 
No, no. I mean, it's uh, I I uh, I haven't been caught up in that franchise thing that he was caught up in. Um, I understand where he's coming from. He, as he explained it to me, it was um, he just couldn't bear uh, acting um, or reacting off of a green tennis ball because that's what they do. Um, so. Um, yeah, I, I don't, uh, I mean, I have heard of filmmakers that have had great experiences with the studios. Um, I'm, you know, I'm wary of that system, and I think, um, you know, it's going through, uh, what's encouraging is this new technology is, is shaking them up so dramatically that um, um, I'm hoping something good will come out of that. Um, Time for uh, one last question, and uh, yes, please, there's a lady here in the front row. Hi, um, I was just wondering what you thought about the film classification, um, especially with perhaps more commercial films getting a lot lower rating than yours, um, being an 18. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I uh, ideally I would... Um, I, I kind of don't. Um, what I would mind more is is altering the the way I approach violence in order to get that lower rating, um, because I I feel um, a great responsibility and take violence very seriously. So I, I like to show it as a very uh, very re unflinching way, you know. So. Um, and you see the cause and effect. You you see the physical damage. You the psychological damage. Um, I don't. So I, so I kind of. Um, and I don't believe that whole argument of violence in cinema is is it's the chicken and egg. Um, uh, that it's it's a it's a hot potato, particularly in America, with ratings and and the influence of films. Um, mm. But I think, uh, you know, uh, there are much, much bigger issues there um, uh, in terms of, you know, people that need help that aren't getting the help and then they seek, uh, you know, they, uh, I don't, uh, ratings, uh, I understand why there should be ratings, um, but um, I don't think um, one should um, change the intent of the film just to get that rating you know it's, it's a bit of a yeah yeah it's a it's a, it's a, it's a tricky a one big topic yeah big, <laughs> i could go on for hours about <laughs> violence in the cinema but um that's that is a big topic indeed uh, yeah. sadly, sadly that we don't have hours i think we don't have uh, any minutes left at all actually so uh, i'm afraid that is it uh sorry if we didn't get your question asked uh thanks for coming lawless is out on friday and please give it up for john hillcoat thank you Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thanks. My pleasure. Okay.